have a very special podcast in store for you all this week. I had the privilege to sit down with the Sideline Network's own Austin Space as he comes on to pitch his new podcast venture that he has created exclusively for the Sideline Network called Spaceball. It's an all-baseball-themed podcast. He was kind enough to let me be a part of it. And so we get into the ins and outs of the, of the new podcast. After that, we get a really in-depth interview with Austin. He was kind enough to, to just open up. And we talk about his college life, the activities and the clubs that he was a part of, which have brought him to where he is creatively today. So I want you all to sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview with Austin Space. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network, as always. I am your host, Chris LaValley. I hope you all are doing well, staying safe. So this week, I have the privilege to have the great Austin Space on this podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the project that he and I are working on together, and then uh, we're just going to get to know a little bit about Austin, just in general. He's been on the podcast a few times in the past. Um, so, Austin, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming on this week. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, it's going to be a fun week here on the Sideline Network, sort of sort of a spaceball week going on, right? So I'm happy to be here, happy to talk to you. Um, so yeah, and happy to be back on the Valley Sports Talk as you continue to grow, man. It's awesome. So, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, so you just mentioned it's baseball. So spaceball is the podcast that Austin created. Uh, he was kind enough to ask me to uh, to come on board with him. And it is, for the most part, I'm, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version. I'm going to let Austin break it down a little bit more. But <laughs> it's essentially a uh, it's an all baseball podcast for the most part. I mean, we have we, we will talk a little other sports here and there. But for the most part, 90, 90, 95 percent of it is going to be a baseball theme podcast. And uh, it's debuting this week. Uh, the first podcast by the time this comes out would have just come out on Wednesday. Uh, so you guys can check that out. iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts and Austin, I'm going to let you talk about it now. So oh, go right well, ahead. Well, first of all, yeah, this is, uh, this has been a long time coming. I mean, like you and I have talked since the date, like long days after I kind of retired bad culture crew, um, you were sort of getting the podcast scene. And I think this is like, early. I don't even know if we had sideline network established at that point. Right. No, I don't think so. I don't no. Think so. And I do remember you sending me pitching ideas for sort of some spiritual successors to bad culture crew and whatever. But I knew that if I was going to come back and do something with you, it was probably going to be sports related and probably baseball related because you would, you know, like you would text me sometimes it's like, okay, this is what everybody's saying about baseball. What do you say about this? And then, uh, to have, and I don't know how I garnered it, but to, to have the respect of you guys as a baseball voice. And, uh, I was, I'm honored by that to be quite honest. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you're, you're the smartest person when it comes to baseball that I, that I know. I mean, and, and I mean <laughs> that, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your butt because you're on the podcast. I do mean it. I mean, we've, uh, Rich and I have talked about it before, um, that you, you have always been the go-to person when it comes to baseball. So. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. And, uh, um, well, I feel like, I feel like in the, in, in part of the reason maybe why I give off that vibe is that I don't, I'm not really not calling anybody else here, but, but I'm probably not really much of a Homer to be quite honest. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Um, but I'm very, uh, you know, you're objective. Evident. Yeah. I'm pretty objective when it comes to that. I mean, sometimes you have feelings and I mean, I root for the Sox, of course, but, but I don't. And, 
but yeah, this is, we, we would talk about that. You'd reach out to me and I said, all right, we got to do something baseball related. And as sideline network has continued to grow, um, you've been trying to work me in at a certain point and I've been going, I've had a crazy past two years. You know, I got laid off in my personal, uh, life at, at, uh, at one of my jobs. And then of course, uh, 2020 has been 2020 for everybody. So, um, it's been wild times. And, uh, but then after I started listening to what you guys have really uh, come up with on sideline network, you and I would talk behind the scenes about what exactly we wanted to do. And I noticed that you guys would do questions. Questions were so important to the sideline network. Um, especially at the end of Richo and Lala, Lala, which really it's sort of a staple on your show, you know? So, um, I thought, well, why don't we revolve that around, uh, this new show, which is Spaceball. So it's a play on, uh, my name, you know, Austin space. And we just turned it to Spaceball. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, when I pitched it to you, it's basically you throw nine pitches, nine questions at me. I answer them. Um, I always very opinionated as it is. I'm very strong. I'm, and, uh, and then I have the ability to throw some at you and then discussions are revolved around that. So that's kind of the core of what Spaceball is going to be biweekly, uh, biweekly every Wednesday. So with the shortened season, we're only going to have we're going to have less than 10 episodes probably. But, you know, with some playoffs and other stuff like that, I don't think it'll be bogged down too much with a shortened season, unfortunately. But maybe a good pilot season in some. Absolutely. Respects, you know, absolutely. So. so- um, since we're talking baseball, I do yeah. have one baseball question that wasn't that I didn't ask you um, on this the first episode of baseball. So I figured this would be this would be a good uh, a, a nice little um, I don't know carryover from that sure. podcast. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are two teams that you believe are underrated and that people should be paying attention to heading into this baseball season? Um, well, that's a loaded question. I mean, we t- are we talking about teams that have a chance at making the playoffs or teams that are just going to be good and better than people expect? I I'll mean, say, I'll say playoffs Two playoffs. teams that, that people may not think are going to make the playoffs, but you think have, maybe they might not necessarily make the playoffs, but you think have the highest potential of, of possibly creating an upset. My sneak team, I can only pick one that's, that would truly qualify as a sleeper pick ish, but it's not really would be the Chicago white Sox because my wildcard teams in the national league are Milwaukee and St. Louis, which is difficult because of the NL central. I get that. Um, but those, any, a lot of people could see that I have Minnesota finishing in the AL central and I have Chicago finishing second and hitting that wild card, which means the Cleveland Indians will not make the playoffs according to my, uh, rankings this year. Uh, they have the front runner easily for the rookie of the year. They have an established pitching staff. They got Keiko. Like I told them that they should, you know, uh, they have a dynamic team that's building. Now, will they win the world series? Will they go deep? Probably not, but will they get there? Will they put them on the map? Do they have a future? Absolutely. Cleveland lost Cleveland. Cleveland reminds me of Texas a while ago and quasi the Dodgers right now where they're this close and they should win. And they didn't Cleveland should have won a world series by now. And they haven't, and they're on the downslope. And now it's the chance for the white Sox to come in and they can compete with Minnesota. You give them another year. I mean, they could be on top of that division, um, to have a dynamic 
starting rotation that's getting better, a dynamic bullpen, a rookie of the year type person. So you have a future. You have, you know, you have some guys that have been there a while. You have Yohan Mankata, another young person. So they are they are a dynamic team and they've added veterans to that ball club. And I think that is the team to work for. I'm high on them this year. Um, they might be a year out, but I'm high on them this year. So okay. fair enough. Yeah. I'll take that one. Then I won't make you come up with a second one. I think, I think that, that the, the second ones aren't really whatever. Like if I was going to go down the list here, like teams that I like that wouldn't make the playoffs to answer it in a different way. Sure. Um, I like Toronto a lot. I like Toronto over Boston, which a lot of people, that might be a controversial thing. I think they're getting better. Um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is seems to be a real deal kind of player. They actually have a decent pitching staff for, I mean, they're old veterans, but they're not people that are going to let you down. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Los Angeles does under Joe Madden, and they've gotten new people in there. And if anybody could manage Shohei Otani, it should be Joe Madden, right? So if, if, if the establishment over in Los Angeles listens to Madden, they might have success. If they don't, it's just going to be the second half of Mike Sosha again, you know, which was another good manager. I just don't think they listened to him. Um, right. New York Mets should be better than they are. And I feel like, cause they always seem to have a solid pitching staff. They had the rookie of the year last year, uh, Pete Alonso. Uh, they got Cano. I feel like they're waiting to burst. They, they really are. Um, but they could, they, they could be a burst or a huge bust in which could happen. And then of course, um, I mean, anybody can talk about the NL central. They're, they're really dynamic, good central. So, um, but the other two teams we're looking at San Diego and Arizona, Arizona's decent. They're not that bad. They're going to get better. I feel like they will make some moves going into the following season and then San Diego's on the rise. So, you know, but if I had to pick one team right now that could make the playoffs, it's, it's Chicago. It's the, it's the white Sox. And if they don't okay. make it this year, they'll, I think they'll make it next year. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that. We're going to, uh, I'm going to transition you off of baseball. Okay. So, is there anything that you wanted to add about baseball whatsoever before? Oh I- yeah. Cause we didn't, um, cause I think we talked, did we talk about, uh, the, who won what, uh, oh, we talked about MVPs, right? So we talked about, I had judge and Bellinger. Yeah. And then, uh, did we talk about, uh, yeah, we talked about Cy Young's. Did we talk about that? Uh, I don't think we talked Cy Young's actually. Okay, so maybe we can do that real quick. Um, Sure. Did you have any picks for the uh, Cy Young Award winners for the AL and NL? Or so I picked Cole for the Yankees. Okay. He's the favorite. The He's the favorite. Yeah, um, and I picked Flaherty for the Cardinals. I, I'm with you on Flaherty. Um, I feel like if Garrett Cole comes to New York and wins a Cy Young in his first year, that's kind of a tall order. I think if he just pitches good enough, he'll be fine. You know, that's fine. Um, but I don't, I don't see him winning that. I'm going with uh, Charlie Morton here. Um, okay, he is, you know, he's one of the guys like this, this Ray's staff, man, literally four of them could win the Cy Young if we really think about it, but I'm going to go with Charlie Morton, the ace of the team, I guess. So do you think the Rays have the best pitching staff in baseball? Their power rank the second, I'm going to pull it up right now. That's fine. I just want to double check. Because I'm sure, I'm sure Washington's up there as well. I don't know if they're. And I might let me let me see top rotations in MLB because I'm my hunch tells me it's 
Yes, they have the Nationals. Then it's the Mets. I like the Mets a lot. Oh, I forgot about the Mets. That's true. But, dude, it's not the sexiest pick. I'm just I'm just looking right here. Oh, they have the Reds up there. The Reds aren't that bad. Yeah, now we're getting into, okay. Because the, the big three right now they're saying are the Nationals, which are number one, the Mets are number two, and the Rays are number three. And to answer your question, I'm going to go, yes, the Rays do have the best starting rotation in baseball right now. They're the sneakiest. They're dynamic. You have two lefties, one righty. Um, the Mets have DeGrom, who was the Cy Young Award winner. And they, they have a very good pitching staff as well. But I, I and of course, Nationals are very good. I mean, these are, these are very good pitching staffs here. But I feel like just top to bottom, we go with the Rays. I have to go with the race. Cool. I could see any, I could see, I don't see Yarborough winning it, but he's still solid. I could see Morton Snell or Glassnow competing for, uh, the Cy Young for sure. And that's three. And I feel like they're not the sexiest ones. They're down in Florida where nobody cares, but I like them. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'd say race have best starting rotation in baseball. Awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about rookie of the year, so we did not. Um, so I have, I have Lewis Robert. For the so AM. does everybody else, including me, for no, the White okay, Sox. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not completely, uh, not completely out of it on that one. No, nope. uh, the NL. I don't know if this is the popular pick or not, um, but I've been reading. I guess I'm going to go with Gavin. Is it Lux or Luke's from the Dodgers? Okay, okay. Um, my thing with him is, is like, I'm, I'm curious about how much playing time this fellow is going to get. Um, so that, but, but a lot of people have been talking about him for, um, the past few years. The other NL guy that I've seen too being mentioned is Joey Bart from San Francisco. Okay. Um, Mine. Um, yeah, I'm pulling this up here. Yeah. They have, I think Bart's going to be, I mean, the big one is Gavin Lux. That is the big guy. I mean, he will play and all that other stuff, but I'm wondering if he gets so overshadowed or if he gets that help or something like that. Right. The guy I'm going with is Carter Keyboom of the nationals here. Um, okay. I think you'll have more of a chance to stand out a little bit. Um, and a lot of people have talked to him. He's also a shortstop, so that's going to help too. Um, so that's, that's my guy. That's my guy going into it. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, you never know with these people. I mean, you have to, you kind of have to be on a decent team a little bit, <laughs> you know, to, to get some protection or whatever, but you can't have be too decent. So you get overshadowed. It's, you know, sort of a guessing game, but, uh, yeah, Keyboard's a guy that I've been, uh, watching for about two years now or reading about for about two years. And I'm like, I think this is the guy, I think this is the guy going forward and stuff like that. And he'll have a chance. He'll have a chance in, uh, in, in Washington for sure. Awesome. All right. So we're going to transition out of baseball and now we're going to get to the meat of the podcast, which is to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to start, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a little bit. So you lived in Tampa for a number of years, um, both during, during college and post-college, um, because you went to the university of Tampa, correct? That's right. And, uh, I lived in the Tampa area. I moved to like cities outside of it. But yeah, you could say I lived in Tampa Bay for, let's see, 
13 years up until, yeah, 13 years. So, and then I moved late last year. So when you went, when you went to the university of Tampa, uh, when you enrolled, did you have a major in mind or was that something that developed over time? So in, in high school, I was trying to figure out what I was going to major in. Um, and going back, I absolutely shouldn't have majored in any of this stuff. Uh, but I knew I wanted to do something more entertaining, whether it be writing or anything like that. And I realized that I, uh, write dialogue very well. Um, so I wanted to, uh, get into film. And then what's funny is that university of Tampa had a film and media arts degree that was new that year going into it. So it wasn't even heavily advertised and wasn't updated on all their web pages and whatnot. So I majored in film and media arts. I ended up getting a minor in communication. And if they, <laughs> if they get this, if they counted screenwriting too, and writing the situation comedy as writing classes, which they didn't. Why? Screenwriting one counted. Screenwriting two did not. Okay. I would have had a writing minor as well because I liked that. Um, but they didn't. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Writing's in the title of the of the class, and it wasn't a writing class, even though that's ninety percent of what you did. So, uh, but yeah, I, ma- I majored in film and media arts. I've made you know little short, terrible college films. Um, and uh, then graduated and went, OK, this is partially useless. But then uh, then it ended up working at a, uh, at a basically at a television network for a long time. So it helped me get in there, you know. So how would you rate your college experience? Oh, I love college. I mean, you know, probably. Yeah, probably nine out of ten for sure. I loved it. I mean, like I was. um I was a very involved kid. I spent more time probably doing activities than I did actually going to class. I mean, I mean, basically, I mean, film, you do have to put work into it. Like people think it's a very, um, Oh, just a, you know, slack off whatever type thing, but you're, you don't have finals really or anything like that. You have final projects. So you spend the entire semester building a project and then you hand it in and take finals week off. Like that's mm-hmm. basically what you do. Um, or maybe you do your one class that needed a final or something like that, but it was a lot of like, um, but it gave me a lot of opportunity to do other things. So there was one part where it's funny. We talk about this. One of the first activities I did was radio. So we did sort of a shock jock radio show that I did for about three years there, two, three years. Um, then I did, what else did I do? Oh, I was at one point in charge of the film festival there. So I got to host that. Um, I was in a fraternity for a while. Um, my last two years, something like that, which, which is unusual. Um, I also was in charge of, Oh, so I somehow wound up, you got a stipend for this. I wound up. Um, so we had like, uh, we had like the student body government. Right. And then we also had like this sort of like Supreme court that would deal with like, okay, kids drinking on campus. And then they had like a student, you know, amongst your peers that you can go get evaluated from. I was basically at one point, the chief justice of that, <laughs> which is a commitment to, I was basically like John Roberts of it. The funny thing was, I remember one time, like we were, I, <laughs> I remember getting drunk with the president and vice president. And I was the chief justice. And we're like stumbling around campus one time. And we're all of age at that point, but it was, it was just funny. Um, and then of course I played intramurals and, and I loved all that. I was, uh, I was a pretty involved kid and there just came a point where I had like this book and I would have to schedule what I did. Oh, I was the cartoonist too. 
So I was the cartoonist, the first, the one and only cartoonist for the student newspaper, um, which was fun. So I was just a very involved kid. I kind of made my own way in certain areas and tried new things. Like the Supreme Court thing was just something we <laughs> were like, well, why not? This seems fun. And then I got involved there. Um, and it was cool because you, when I made those connections, I was able to get lots of free stuff or free tickets here or do this because I knew the other heads of other, uh, activities. Cause we'd all run into each other a lot. Right. Um, so we're just like, okay, can you hook me up with this? Can you, okay, cool. Can I get this? And like, oh, okay. You want you like, instead of sitting around waiting or something like that, or if you needed, like, I remember I need, if I needed a favor done, like I needed to rent out a room, I'm first on the list and stuff like that. So it was, um, it was a great experience, very diverse. I had a very diverse group of friends, lots of friends from different countries, um, which was really fun. It was, um, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they're going to college, man, I, I mean, maybe not this year, <laughs> you know, but really enjoy it. Cause when they say it's like some of the best years of your life, it really is. It really is. Don't, I mean, be responsible. Like let's not do anything irresponsible. You can really screw some stuff up, but like be responsible, but you can have a lot of fun with a lot of, you know, you know, good fun kids around you, you know? <laughs> right. So I want to follow up on something you said though. You talked about how you were, you did a radio show. I did. A, what was the radio show about? Okay. And B, have you ever thought about making a career in radio, being a, a, a disc jockey or, or, or having your own radio show? Well, let's see. I did intern, um, actually for a local, uh, I forget what it was called. Was it, it was, can I say it? I guess. Can I say the radio stations around here? Am I, allowed sure, to? Why not? I, I, I did intern at jam in one Oh one for two years. Okay. Um, so that was fun, but I was with the promotions guy and we just had a blast. It, it was, it was, it was just, you go to events and you do whatever. And then you just go around and promote. It was, it was a lot of guerrilla marketing. It was really a lot of fun. Um, so there was that, um, interest there, but I was not involved in that like radio path. Um, so I did it more as like a hobby. So the show that we had, it was called sock talk radio was the name of the show. And you could, if you were down in Tampa, you could actually listen to it outside of, um, the university's like channels. Um, and basically the show was it, cause a lot of the radio shows down there, they were very, um, uh, listen to music and all that. And I was just more about let's like, obviously you want to emulate Howard Stern, the King of radio and all that other stuff. So, um, it was going to be like four guys, but it ended up just being two at the end of it. And, uh, it was just a lot of just nonsense and inside jokes and just bringing on characters. And, um, and we had this one thing that was like sort of, uh, notable to the shows. It was, it was called if I could be anything, which was like this sort of game that you would come up with points and we'd pick if I could be anything that week. Um, you'd be like Simon Cowell and you got all these different points based off of that. So we, we did have a lot of fun there. Um, and then we just bring in like goofy characters that we knew. We knew this one guy, um, that was this Indian guy that was really fun, but we had a lot of fun with him. I mean, we, we kind of all made fun of each other and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was just, we did that for, I think two or three years. And then I don't think he wanted to do it the senior year. So, uh, we stopped there, but I don't know, maybe, you know, looking back, that's where a lot of that, uh, you know, I just like talking and I like talking and I like interviewing people and I like, um, I like coming up with fun games and stuff like that. So maybe that, you know, evolves into other creative endeavors down the road. So, um, 
Yeah, that was that was a once a week hour podcast, uh, podcast hour radio show we did. You know, now it's all podcast, right? So, do you think you would would you ever consider doing doing radio for a career if you could? Would that I be just, something that interests you? I just feel like it's. I mean, I don't know if you agree. I mean, do you think it's like dying at a certain point now? I mean, are, is anybody really listening to radio besides serious if you pay for it? Well, I guess, I mean, I guess that's fair. I, I would say, or even if you want to evolve it into a podcast, yeah. kind of like a Rogan thing, so to speak, like if you could do that four or five days a week, have conversations with just any, you know, you, you had full control. Would, would that be something that you would do if you could oh, make yeah. a living doing it? If I could make a living and devote my entire creative energy, I, I would love to do that because I just love like, it's so funny. Like I've talked to Richo, you know, and I've talked to you and, and I can get into this weird interview mode where I'll get people, which is weird. Cause now I'm on the other side of it. You're interviewing it. And by the way, I just want to say your interviewing skills and listening to you interview suave Q and other people that you've had on the show, you have really grown into your own here. So I want to commend you well, on thank that. Thank you. Firstly. I appreciate that. Um, cause you don't give yourself enough credit. You have way more hours logged in. We've talked about this offline. Just want to embarrass you on your own show, <laughs> but you, you really have, you know, you, you don't give yourself enough credit for that. And well, uh, thank you. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but as for me, it's like, I, Oh man, absolutely. If I could just wake up and just sit down and have my feelings. Cause I have lots of strong opinions on lots of things. And I, I would get a good group of people in there, probably you included. And I would be like, okay, this is how we're going to run this. And this is my little puppet show. And that's how I would do it, you know, <laughs> um, because I do think like when I was doing um, Bad Culture Crew, that was, you know, one of the end goals at that point before Steve, unfortunately, and uh, he had to move away and it just wasn't conducive to do. Um, we were hoping to at one point do that show multiple times a week. And then certainly today with the amount of insanity that goes on every day and how Twitter has changed, like you one story, like we used to base it off of one story a week. I mean, there's like six stories a day now. Right. Um, I don't know if I'd still go down that route, but I do love talking to people. I love having fun. I love getting in good engaged conversations. Um, and that would be a lot of fun. So I'm, maybe one day that would thing, if something ever takes off that I would get the opportunity to do something like that, that would be a lot of fun. But um, you just have to be consistent and you have to do something like that. And maybe that'll grow out of space ball a little bit. That's one of those projects. And, uh, I won't say it right now, but we do have something in the works. I have something in the works that I'm very excited to launch, but we're not there yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but, uh, it's something I miss. And, uh, I guess one of the things like during that quarantine session, you know, take advantage of some of that stuff. If you have the means to, to work on your creative stuff that you just never had time for. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So, right. Yeah. So bad culture crew. So that was when you started that, that was kind of what got me into wanting to do podcasting, <laughs> um, was listening to your show. Was that your idea? And did you bring that to Steve or was that kind of both of you guys talked it out? How did that whole thing come together? So first of all, it's funny. Well, weren't you doing some sort of fetus of sideline network before yeah, that? Was, I want to say it was, it was like my, my own little baby podcast yes. that was just, I I've listened back to it. It was not very good, but, but don't you yeah, see how but, far you've grown since that? I mean, don't you look back and go, Oh crap. I'm yes. way better than I ever was. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think, um, yeah, I, I've definitely gotten a lot better from, from well, yeah, that point. just the consistency, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you stuck with it. And it is funny because I think that's actually how it worked. Cause you were doing that and you were trying to do like blogs and stuff like that at that point. Yep. And I was slightly involved in that. And then you, that kind of subsided. And then, um, I think after that is when I went to Steve. So what happened is, is like me and Steve have been really, we met through work and we've been very close friends for a long time. And there was this weird aura. So if you ever like hang, you haven't hung out with us, but if you ever hang out with us, it's like this, I always felt like we were always putting on like some sort of performance, even though we weren't, but we just really like vibed off each other and had this chemistry of just absurdist humor. Um, like one of the first times we hung out, like he invites me over and he's like, Hey, do you want to come play crash bandicoot? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> so I come over <laughs> and have some beers with him, And, uh, you know, we just started hanging out a little bit and then we started watching, we started getting into bad movies together. We really started getting into that. And then like people would watch us watch the bad movie. They'd come over. It's like, Oh, well, if Austin and Steve are there, we'll, <laughs> we'll watch this Birdemic or, you know, whatever movie we were watching that week. And we just with things, you know, like mystery science theater, we would do that. Um, and then, and then it just evolved into we're out at a bar and now we're just making fun of whatever is happening, you know? Um, so then it became this thing where I, I, I noticed this and I was like, Steve, and I'd actually bugged him for a while. It wasn't like this thing. I was like, Steve, we need to do a podcast together. And he was like, hey, you know, I don't know. And I, I think he had this his own inner because naturally he's a funny person, but I don't think he's I don't think he wanted to be in front of the camera. He's always behind the camera type person. But I said, no, no, you're going to handle you're you're going to be great with all the technical stuff. I will lead some of the producing stuff of the show. And he co-produced it as well. But I I was really good at formatting it. But he was a little hesitant. And then he finally caved um, and said, OK. And I said, yes, I have a plan. Um, and this is how we're going to do the show. And then we had, uh, we had segments, we had lots of planning into it. And I knew Steve was a good candidate for it because we needed somebody who was, um, as anal retentive about it as I was, cause I was not going to work with somebody and I don't work with people quite frankly, who do not come, who do not prepare themselves. So that's a kudos to you and, and the sideline network. Cause you guys do come prepared. Um, but I will not do that. I've had people come to me afterwards and say, Hey, will you do this? And I'm like, eh. Um, but he would come prepared and we had all these segments and you could tell each week we had something prepared for each one. We rotated segments. There were certain ones that we always did. Um, we were on top of our game. And I also told them we're not missing a week and we never missed a week during the entirety of bad culture crew, which I take a lot of pride in. Um, so I think that attributes to a lot of, it's success and finding Steve. And then he really came into his own and he, I mean, he's not exactly like that in real life. I mean, he's, he's a little escalated on the show as probably we all are a little bit. I wasn't as much, but he really was. Um, but I think that chemistry of that show and our duality of comedy really came through, you know, we, we really riffed off each other. We bounced off each other. I was probably a little more, down there and me ha serving as more of a host role allowed him to do it. So, and then the funny thing, one day, uh, we had the April fool's day episode and he had to host and it's like, we didn't really miss a beat there. We just had fun with it. So, 
and not to mention his his skill with uh, a lot of the technical stuff. He he's he's a musician at heart. And then I then I ended up taking over the video stuff and editing that way. So uh, it was uh, it was a fun run. <laughs> it was a lot of fun run. I mean, you guys were brilliant together. There's no question about it. I. I listened to it from the first episode to the last episode. Yeah. You guys, I would save it. It would be my Friday after work <laughs> drive. Cause at the time my wife now, but at the time when I was dating, it was an hour, it was about an hour and 10 to 15 minute drive from work to, to her house. Uh, cause she lived in Rhode Island. I was driving from Hartford and, uh, I would listen to pretty much. It would take me the entire episode to get from work. And I looked forward to it every week, it <laughs> the best thing ever, because I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter how long it takes me to get to her house because I'm entertained the entire time. <laughs> so when you guys did officially call it quits, I was to say I was devastated would be an understatement. Cause obviously I, I mean, you and I weren't, I mean, we were talking, but you didn't, you were very quiet about it. And, and I respect that. About what, what do you mean? Quite about, uh, uh about the content the, of the show. Oh, oh, the podcast closing down. Like oh you guys, yes. You guys did it very professionally and I respect that. But like when I heard it on, on the podcast that you guys were, I think it was like either, it was either the second to last episode or like the third to last episode, you guys mm-hmm. made the announcement and I was just, oh man, I was so bummed out. I was so bummed out. Um, and I think I, I do. And, and you know, I think you have a lot of people out there who were probably really bummed when you guys did call it quits and and I understand why you had to do it. I'm not trying yeah. to make you feel guilty. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, I feel it. bad that we had to do it, but you know, uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's very nice to hear. I knew you were, you, you were always very, very loyal and very vocal in the thing. What, what's, what's funny about that show was we had a lot of people. We weirdly had a lot of stats of people overseas because it was a glimpse into what's going on in the United States. You know, this is, you know, this is pre Trump. This was, you know, we're thinking, you know, a lot of, it was very different, you know? And I don't think the, the one thing that I go back into, cause people have always asked us like, would you do it again? Would you do this? And I'm just wondering, I, I don't even know because the stuff that the, the jokes that Steve and I would make in that show probably wouldn't even fly today. And this wasn't even that long ago. You know, we'd probably, people would want to cancel us immediately. And, 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 and frankly, I, going into this stuff outside of it and seeing the way the world now, it's just like, I want to be positive and I'm, and I'm not this woke person obviously, but I'm also not somebody who wants to add negativity to the world unneededly, uh, unnecessarily rather. So while it was sad that it gone, maybe it went at the right time because shortly afterward, you know, we have Trump get elected. We have people getting shadow banned on Twitter. We have every day something, 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 something. When it used to just be, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith is mad because, you know, there's too many white people at the Oscars. Let's talk about that. That's fun. And now that would not be that would be this like serious conversation. Right. I mean, it was just this fun little thing we used to do. And now it's like, OK, can't right. have fun anymore. You know, uh it's just, uh, yeah, it, it was the second to last one. I do remember that. I actually remember when he, he said it, he, he basically announced he was moving and I was in Atlanta actually at the time. And, uh, I said, then I guess we gotta, we gotta stop. And he agreed. Um, but I, I think we left you with a nice little end and we tried to get oh. bonus episodes as we did. You know, we had an end of the year one. We had the special, uh, Razzie one, which was a lot of fun to do. Um, 
So I don't know. I mean, it's always a possibility that Steve and I will revisit it. We've talked about it. I mean, that's not a thing. We've talked about it, but it's like, where do we even go? You know? <laughs> right. Where do we no, go? that's fair. And that's fair. G- given the culture now, it's much, much more difficult to, uh, to actually put, I mean, comedy is, is more difficult than ever now. I mean, you see, yeah. you see main comedians now, they talk about it all the time. Like they're like, well, we can't do anything. If we say anything now, we're going to get, people are going to try and get rid of us. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can completely appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll find something for it to do. I mean, I hope, I hope Steve does something with, and I've told him for a while. It's like, I, I hope there are some projects that I want him to do. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, he, I think he will be involved in future endeavors. I have a personal thing, so he will be involved. It'd be cool to do some type of special or something like that, but I just, I don't know how it's going to fly. <laughs> I just don't know, you know? So, uh, but I guess you can still see some of the episodes on YouTube. I mean, yeah, doesn't hold up. Probably not. <laughs> no, those are still funny, man. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, you guys can check them out. It's, it's under bad culture crew, right? On YouTube. Yeah. If, if you want to hear some dated humor or whatever, <laughs> but I will say this, we, we have, what do we have? We do have the April Fool's Day up there, and I took over the last segment. We switched it, and I teach everybody how to eat a hamburger. I thought that was a great segment. <laughs> I don't the, think that's offensive. The wiki how-to things were yeah. always hilarious. <laughs> he would – because so, – so for those who don't know the show, the end of the show would end with Steve's – it was it – was, which is funny because it was like the last word, and you have Lala's last word. Um, but Steve would do that and it was just him to do whatever he wanted. And it ended up a lot of them were wiki house that Steve would find to do mundane tasks and we would make fun of them for 10 to 15 minutes. So then I said, okay, well, why don't we look up how to eat a hamburger? And then, uh, we did that for 15 minutes. So this is, this is the kind of, see, I would love, see, it'd be fun if we could stretch that out for like, you know, have all this goofy stuff for two hours at one point. But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun on that show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we had a lot of fun on that. Hey, you guys were um, awesome. So I want to, I want to keep going down this train here about you and your creativity. Uh, so you have a Twitch account. I do. And, uh, you've been, you've been live streaming the Sims mm-hmm. and I'm, this is going to be another completely open door for you. And I just want you to <laughs> have the floor. I want you to talk about what you're doing, what you're, uh, what you hope to do with your Twitch account and, um, you know, where you see yourself in the future with your account. Well, it's funny. I, um, I, I'm not even a big Twitch watcher. I don't watch much Twitch to be quite honest. Um, but a couple of years ago there was a Twitch streamer meetup down in the Tampa area and I was literally doing it to meet like-minded people. You know, I'm a, I'm a gamer. Uh, I love the games industry. I listen to tons of video game podcasts. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll meet some cool people there. And I did. And I met like kind of in the ground level of it. I was like in the, I was, I think it was at the third meetup. And then I haven't missed one since then. Um, even though I moved out of the Tampa area, I haven't missed one since then. And we would, uh, we'd go there and, and then I'd talk to people. And then I think people were like, okay, well, you're good on camera. You should really stream. And I think at that point I was like, eh, you know, I don't care. And then as I, couple months later as things go on, I'm like, okay, maybe I should do that. And then personal stuff in my life happened, but I was like, okay, if I'm going to stream, what am I going to stream? And then I took a lot of notes from people. They say, what games do well? And they said, well, Sims does well. Um, but obviously Sims four is the newest iteration of it. But I said, well, what if I did Sims two? Um, so then I, uh, 
so then I got, got everything, got a computer, got all my games together, everything ready to go. And this was actually like the initial starting point of me getting back into doing creative stuff. Cause I used to have a YouTube channel and that, you know, life happened and put a lot of things on hold. So I figured it's like, okay, well let me start here. Um, so basically what I do is on Sunday nights from 7 PM to 10 PM central time, I stream the Sims too. And we have a nice small group that's slightly growing. Um, we come in, we just casually hang out. I mean, like I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not somebody who would watch it, but people do like it because I think there's some chillness to it. Whether you pop in for 20 minutes, you hang out for three hours or you want to ask me questions. But there's a lot of just Sims fans. I mean, The Sims is like a huge franchise. And I think a lot of people are happy to see, to feel nostalgic about a game that's 20 years old. Um, So I just started there. And that's sort of been like this sort of uh, precursor into me getting back into doing creative stuff again. Because then shortly after that... um, Spaceball, uh, which is coming out, which has already come out this week. So we'll be working on that. And then now I'm like, okay, what is the next project? Um, so that channel may evolve. Uh, it may change. It's harder to network with people, obviously with the pandemic going on. Um, you know, cause I would go to these meetups or, or stuff like that. But as with anything creative, I'm staying consistent. I haven't missed a week. I've been transparent with my audience and, um, I'm, I'm going to do that for as long as possible. And people have asked me, it's like, are you going to add more? Are you going to do another show? What are you going to do? And I said, well, let me get all these other things in line. But as of now, uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm just playing some Twitch. It's a good way to end my weekend, uh, hang out with some familiar faces. You pop in now and then here and there just to Hi. say, hey, what's up? And I appreciate the support. Um, Richo's popped in a few times. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really cool platform. It's a really cool platform. It's a little weird. There's some weirdness on it for sure, but it's uh it's a platform that you can really find your own footing in. But, uh, I'm looking at it as more of this therapeutic way for me to, for me to get back into that creative energy again and me to get in front of a camera again. So, and I've been told like people go, Oh, you're good at, I'm like, I'm just playing the Sims, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm just playing the Sims and talking about it. So, <laughs> It's not so much. I mean, I, I get what you're saying that you're just playing the Sims, but you do have this, this charisma about you in front of a camera. We've talked to, I've talked to you about this at length before. It, it may have even been on a, a previous episode of this podcast. So <laughs> people may just be tuning out right now, but you do have a natural charisma in front of a camera behind a microphone. You always have, um, even when we were at St. Pat's, I mean, when we were kids, it's like you were hosting talent shows when we were like 12. So, I mean, like you've always had a knack for being able to host whatever the, the event may be, whether it's big or small. So, I mean, I think while you're looking at it as, oh, you know, man, I'm just playing the Sims, like, you know, and I wouldn't want to watch this, but it's, it's, you bring a different element to it. And I think that that's something and, and people gravitate to it. And I think that's what makes your streaming different than others. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's, um, that is the goal. I mean, that's why I selected that game. Um, cause anybody like, I'm not, not to say anybody, but a lot of Fortnite on there. I'm not gonna play that. I'm not gonna play games. I don't care about. I'm not gonna play something that's popular. I'm going to play something or bring something in. That's that I like that is unique. And I feel like, like, it's so funny when people have come to me with podcast ideas or anything like that, I look at it and go, what's the audience. And is this already here? And a lot of times it is, you know, right. And I go, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, so when I have 
like whether it's the Sims, like I looked at it, nobody streams the Sims two. I like, I'm not trying to sound whatever, but I corner that market there, you know, and this is like strategically speaking. And then with Spaceball here, I was like, a lot of people do baseball podcast. How is ours different? So then we made it different. And that's right. why I feel like people come in. So I think a lot of it comes into like, I mean, I will say this. I do believe I have some natural talent in hosting and talking in front of a microphone or whatever, but I also surround myself with projects that aren't generic, that aren't just cookie cutter, because if I'm having a bad day or if whatever, at least the project is there that people can rely on, you know, and then the other stuff falls into place. So like bad culture crew evolved as it went on because the product was good, you know, um, I'd say the same thing about Richard and Lala, like the product is good. And I think when we revamped La Valley sports talk, the product is and that motivates you to continue. So I feel like that's an important, just in my aspect, my, my own advice that I follow, it's like, do something that's unique, um, that keeps things interesting because you'll be involved. And I think the audience will be involved. And I think that might be a, you know, that'll help you find an audience. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you this just because you are a lover of crash. Would okay. you ever do a crash stream? Would people that have asked. That people have asked. Ever consider? I might. And I, uh, I might. It's funny. And I would have to get going on it because the new crash game comes out in October. Um, I probably wouldn't start with crash four because <laughs> I, I could, I could play the other ones easy. Like I could just, okay, here's how you do everything. Um, what's funny about that dude is, so obviously I know a street for friends and that actually hit a decent streaming st- scene when it came out. Cause people are like, you know, the term, this is the dark souls of, you know, you're going to be like, people are like crashes, the dark souls of platformers. And me and my brother, I, maybe even you a little bit were like, really? I mean, cause we play this game all the time. Right. But then growing up, a lot of people gave up. Like you beat the game. I beat the game. My brother's beating the game. My sister's beating crash too. And we've grown up and we're like, huh? And people like a lot of streamer friends, younger guys would come to me and be like, Oh, can you just, it's like, yeah, I have the platinums in it. And they're like, Oh, could you do this? I'm like, yeah, I know these levels inside out. I've played them so many times. I don't, I don't even think I even knew where invisible walls were that they corrected in the new one. I'm like, okay, so you have to do this. And it's like, I might, it's fun. I love talking about crash. I really love the universe and the stupid characters and things they've brought back and, and the, the cartoony nature of it. Um, but the reason I like streaming the Sims too, is that it's so evergreen and it's so ongoing. Like crash will end at a certain point. The Sims two never ends. And that's, that was my thing. So it could be a possibility. Um, probably not anytime soon because there's a few other things I want to line up. So as of now, I think I will only stream the Sims and then build on other things. And if I have another thing that I want to do live, it probably won't be video game related. It will probably be something different, you know? So, but I do love talking crap <laughs> and you also have to save stuff for yourself. That's the weird thing, you know, that's fair. So when I have crash, when that October 2nd comes around, I'll, uh, I don't know how much baseball I'll be watching at that point. So <laughs> that's going to be tough. That's going to be world series time. I think so. Yeah, it will be. Absolutely. So, so, all right, I'm going to, uh, I've got one more question for you. Sure. Um, and it's, um, it's again, it's all about you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very intrigued to know what are your, what are your goals for the future? 
this can be personal. You can, if you want to be personal, you can talk about your personal life. You can talk sure. about your professional life, your creative side. What are your, what are your future goals? Well, um, well, we can break it down a little bit. I mean, personally I have, I mean, I, I don't want to disclose too much, but, um, you know, there's times where I'll get emotional and I'll rethink stuff. And I think a lot of people have during this pandemic. Um, but one of those things, whenever you go through somewhat of a, and this was a very minor thing comparatively, I mean, this is nothing, but whenever you go through some sort of mental headspace of some sort, I always feel like it's important to learn from that and figure out what you could do to correct it. So personally, I will say I have, I've privately talked to you about it, but publicly I will say that I have set some own personal goals for myself. Um, and I'm taking advantage of the fact that we have a pandemic to do those, you know? So, um, that is good. That is really good on my end. Cause I, I love looking, having something to build towards having something to look forward to. Cause if you're just going to sit there and whine, and not have anything and be helpless. Well, I mean, you have to have something, there is some agency in that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take control. And these are my steps. These are my plans. Um, so I'm going towards that professionally. I have some things that I'm interested in doing. So, uh, once I did the stream, the next one was, okay, let's get baseball going. And we did that. And the baseball season, I didn't even think it was going to happen, but it's happening. So that's another project to work on. So now I get to watch baseball and work on that. There will be another podcast in the works that I've wanted to do for a long, 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 long time, long time. Well before probably even this was actually shortly after bad culture crew, actually. And that is finally in the works. We have no launch date for it yet. You will know, but that is the next project after that. Um, it's either going to be looking, it's probably going to be looking at YouTube because I have ideas that I want to do there, but I feel like I don't want something to be so similar to my other projects that I'm doing, but I do want to do something on YouTube, but I want it to be unique. I want it to be different. I don't want it to be, you know, whatever. Um, and then probably I'll reevaluate Twitch and see if I can add something there. So I'm one of those people that does things one at a time because you're not going to, um, you're not going to overwhelm yourself. And if you give yourself a schedule, like, if, like you're like, like you do, you're like, this is my gym time. This is what I do. So right now it's like the Sims. This is what I do Sunday nights. It's canceled. I can't, I can't hang out with you. This is what I do. You know, spaceball. This is what I do every other, we record on Mondays for spaceball. This is what I do every other Monday. And then the next project will be, okay, this is what I do. I sit here, I edit, I produce this thing. And then, you know, you got, you just structure it away. So it becomes part of your life. So you don't become complacent. So, um, I am building towards, I am excited about it. I am taking advantage of the fact that we can't go out and do anything fun anyway. So why not use that to further your creative, uh, endeavors? You know, other people could be writing a book. Other people could be, you know, whatever it is, starting your own different podcast or, making your own Etsy stuff that you want to sell or whatever it is. Like I, I just encourage people to, instead of while this sucks, this is, this is really horrible right now. It, it, it has a mental drain on everybody because we can't see our friends and family. We can't travel. We can't just go to the bar and have a drink with the buddies anymore, at least for a while. Use that time to better yourself. And that's what I'm doing. So, and I hope other people are, are trying that as well if they have the means to do so. So 
I think it's really great advice. Yeah. It really yeah. is. All of that sounds great. I mean, you, you clearly have a lot going on or at least a, a lot, um, a lot that you're working on, which is yeah. good to I, hear. I mean, Spaceball aside, like I, I'm so excited. First of all, I'm just excited we have baseball, and then second of all, I'm really happy that uh, you were on board for that because I couldn't do. Because we've talked about it, it's like, will we do this by myself? And I was like, no, I want you to do it because I need somebody to bounce off of and challenge. And I can't think of anybody better in sports to do it right now with. Um, so I'm very happy to have you aboard for that, man. It's going to be well, thank you a fun season, and we're going to have many seasons to come with it. I hope so. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm not going anywhere, so always be around. <laughs> Um, but the next, the podcast that I'm doing, I am the next podcast I'm doing. That's completely separate from sideline network. I can't tell you how excited I am. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be someone interactive and I'm really hoping people will attach to it. I really like the people that have, including you, the people that have pitched it towards, uh, seem high on it. So I'm, I'm just, it, it, it's, it's just fun to, it's been years after missing bad culture crew and being in that grind every week. Now it's like, okay, this is part of it. Here we go. I'm excited, you know, cuts on my video game time, but okay. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I think it's fun to, uh, to kind of spread your wings and, and yeah. see and kind of challenge yourself creatively, mm-hmm. uh, which you've always done. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think you're just kind of jumping right back on the bike and going right along your journey here. Well, just, it's, it's weird. Cause it motivates you. Once I start thinking about it, like, I really, really texting you. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I'm like, dude, I am so excited. And you're like, calm down. <laughs> I'm like, I am pumped, but I'm just sitting there like daydreaming at work on a slow day or something. I'm like, Hey, you know, which by the way, wasn't it funny? The Snapchat I sent everybody in sideline today. <laughs> That's what I do. I just, I'll let you peek behind the curtain real quick. We had a slow, I had a slow day at work. So, so it's like, all right, let's get on the Snapchat here. Cause I don't get on Snapchat often. And I'm like, Hey, y'all remember ATC, <laughs> the band from the nineties? Do you remember that group, by the way? Like, do you remember? Yes, I about? do. I know what you're talking about. And I don't know. I was just like, well, this is the way my day's going. So but normally that's filled with lots of daydreams. What if I did this? And what if I did that? And this idea sucks, or this doesn't. So, you know, I, I, I pleasure. It's, it's a pleasure to have the sideline network supporting and uh, always uh, humoring me in my. Silliness. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, we need, we need silliness. I've, uh, I, I've been told by, by a couple of people, my podcasts have been too serious lately. So it's, uh, it's, it's always welcome to have some silliness here and there. <laughs> well, uh, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I mean, Lala, you have done a lot of work and you have, uh, you know, a proprietor of, of a really growing, consistent podcast network. Um, you've brought on good people. Um, it's nice to see Richo in here. It's nice that Dan has joined forces with you. Um, it's just uh, like behind the things. It's like, I just never, I, I have a personal standard for myself. So it's, it's finally nice to finally partner with the, the sideline network to do something that we're both excited about. That's going to benefit the network, benefit both of us and hopefully benefit the audience and add some uh, baseball discussion to, to, to the network. So it's just, it's just all good things, all positives, right? You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, you we, know? we could use a little more positive in this world. Yeah. Uh, so before I let you go, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Do you have a question for me? Do you have anything you want to ask me? I've, I have riddled you with questions for the last hour. <laughs> so I always like to give people the opportunity that if they want to come back at me with anything, you're welcome to. If not, then that's totally fine, too. But I want to give you the opportunity. 
Sure. I'll, I'll leave you this. Cause I, I want to hear your takes on this because you know, we were getting our feet wet and stuff like that. And I talked to you afterwards about, you know, cause we're like, okay, you know, we did, did our podcast and stuff like that. I just want to hear um, any takes that you had going into the baseball season. Cause we can say it now cause Spaceball's already been recorded. Right. This comes out on a Friday. What are you looking for in the baseball season? Uh, do you have any disagreements? Do you have anything that you're like, have any points that you wanted to make? Like, what is, what are you looking at going into the season? Just anything in general. I mean, for me, I think, so your, to go back to, to the podcast that we did yesterday, I pretty much, I'm in agreement with you with, I think almost all of your division winners. Um, we talked about our super, our super bowl, excuse me, our world <laughs> series picks. Um, you know, I'm really, obviously uh, being a Yankee fan. And for those who have listened to this podcast long enough, know that I am. Um, I'm very excited for that team. I think the team's going to win the world series. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The one thing that I'm, I'm very interested in seeing, because again, I haven't finished doing enough research to be able to give you a solid, uh, really just a, a solid idea of, of what's going to happen in Boston. But off pod la- last night, you had said that you were just like, you're like Red Sox are not going to be as good as Toronto. And for me, and, and as I said it last night, I have the hardest time believing that Boston's going to suck that bad and they could. And I know you're already going, you're, you're going to bring up some stats right here. And, and, yeah. and I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I know you're, you're geared up for this. Um, but that, that to me, I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, what the Red Sox have as a team, just because I, I was on, I think we did, uh, we did a baseball prediction show last year. We did. And I had said that I thought the Red Sox were going to repeat as world series champions. And I thought you were going to go through the phone and punch me in the face. And you were like, <laughs> it was, I was like no way. <laughs> the thing is, that's just too hard. And it, yeah. Especially nowadays. I mean, you just like, we had the giants go every other, which but makes I guess, sense. I mean, and I understand that they don't have sale and I get that, but I just, I have such a hard time believing that the Red Sox are going to fall so far, so fast after being on top of the baseball world just two years ago. So I'm, I, as much as I am a Yankee fan and I don't want to see the Red Sox succeed, I'm just, I, I find it. I find that team fascinating this year. So I'm really interested in watching them. Okay. The, well, first of all, I'll say this. The math is saying Boston finishes three. Okay. The, there are people in agreement with me. There are baseball people in agreement with me saying Toronto does finish third. Okay. Okay. So the heart and the analysts are going, hold on a second. So to answer your question about 2018, we look at 2018 and if we look at it, when, when did sale come in 2017? I think something so. like that. Okay. Like that. So when he came in stellar first half started the all-star game and you know, or whatever it was, I don't know, whatever, who cares? He had a great first half and then tailed off a little bit. Cause he had to pitch, he had to get 300 strikeouts and do all this. Stuff, and they overused him to this erroneous extent. And then Corey clue, like he was like going to be a shoe in for Cy Young. And then Corey Kluber took over. Then he, they try to moderate it. And then it's like, is sale really all there? So if we look at sales entirety in a Boston uniform, it's about a year and a half. They overused him. Um, and then he just kind of faded off injuries, this and that. And if you remember in 2018, and to his credit, it was David Price who really stepped up. And good thing yep. he did because Sale closed to win that game, you know? So now he's in Tommy John right now. So he's done. You know, he's out of it. The Red Sox, to me at that point, 
lost their best player in, in a sense, you know, Mookie Betts is gone. So here's what we're left with. We're left with, I'm looking at their, their starting their lineup and it's not bad. All things considered, it's not bad. You have Andrew Benintendi, good player, Raphael Devers, rising, good player, Xander Bogarts, another solid player, JD Martinez, probably the best DH in baseball, right? But JD Martinez is going to fa- JD Martinez is going to stay here forever. Okay. I don't think they can afford him, you know? And then we go down, then it's a drop off of immense proportions. We go from JD Martinez to Mitch Moreland. I mean, this guy could bet like 240. Yeah, his production is 242. Christian Vasquez, who's a catcher, you can't hit. Alex Verdugo's a solid pick that they got from Los Angeles and stuff like that. And then you have Jose Peraza and then Jackie Bradley Jr., who's the automatic out of the team. Okay. Um, the starting rotation for the Red Sox right now is Nathan Valdi, who has had two Tommy John sur- surgeries, followed by. You've got Martin Perez, Brian Weber, Brian Johnson, Matt Hall, and Eduardo Rodriguez probably somewhere in there at some point. So I'm looking at that going, these projected stats for their ERA are all, the lowest one is at 4.5. That's horrible. That's, that's terrible. That's unacceptable, really. Toronto, on the other hand, has nobody sexy in their lineup, but a lot of good players that are rising up a young team, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette. They have Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw is a little older. He's played for the Red Sox, but he's fine. You have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Obviously. Okay. And then I look at their starting rotation, which I think is, is interesting and has a more upside than the Red Sox do. Cause we have Ryu, you know, then we all who's ancient, but fine. Tanner Roark, Matt Schumacher. And then we get to like, you know, scrubs, Trent Thornton and Brian Baruki or something like that. But I'm like, I'm looking at this, they go, okay, they have this kind of older starting rotation. They have a young, exciting, really, they're just playing there. There's no pressure on this team, but I just go, okay. You know, the pressure's on the Red Sox. They're not going to make the postseason. They're going to be criticized all the time for not paying Mookie bets, which I don't think they should have anyways. They have really, they don't have Chris Sale. So they're getting a pass in some things, but I'm just like, what's the future? Say Chris Sale comes back. Is he Chris Sale again? I don't know. I mean, this is after Tommy John. What's the future here? You know? And then I look at Toronto, I'm going, man, if you, all you have to do is maybe hold on to one of these starters, beef up this starting rotation. And then in two or three years, we'll see where things are at. And if Flagger Guerrero Jr. is as good as they say he is, if Biggio is good as, he is. And if these young players go in, you add a piece, you could do okay. So I'm just, I, I think they're sneaky and people, you know, Toronto has been good before, you know, they've been good before. It just, you know, they cycle out. They're a team that cycles out. They're unfortunately in the AL East, but they cycle out. Baltimore will be good again. These teams will be good again. And on the rise, I see a lot of upside with Toronto. I don't see much upside with Boston because they spent a lot of money. They won a world series but they're going to have to wait again before they add pieces. So that's where I'm on that, you know? So ladies and gentlemen, if you love baseball talk, <laughs> you need to tune in this baseball because that was th- the fact that I was able to set you up to just go off like that was awesome. Like <laughs> that's what I wanted was I wanted you to just, I, I want somehow I needed to bring up the red Sox and I wanted to kind of get you going. <laughs> that was perfect. So, 
if you want more of that, you need to tune into Spaceball because that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of analysis that is backed, that is completely objective because as much as Austin is a diehard Boston Red Sox fan, he has no problem running, just absolutely raking his team if that needs to be. And clearly they're, they're not to what you think is a winning formula, which is, which give, given what you just talked about, I a hundred percent agree with you and I understand <laughs> why you feel the way that you feel. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was awesome. Like that was, that was absolutely <laughs> perfect. I, I love the fact that I was able to get you to go on a little rant there at the end. Um, so yeah, now I kind of agree with you now. Now I understand why, why Boston is yeah, probably I mean, going to be near the basement of the AL East. I mean, they're going to be better than Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore is not good at all. So that's for sure. And they still could finish third, but I just don't, is it out of the realm of possibility? No, it's a lot. It's actually a lot worse than they think it is. So sales going to have to come back big and go, I'm Chris sale again, but is he going to do that? I don't know. I really don't know. Right. And I'm not confident he will, to be quite honest. That's fair. You know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I, I hope other people, um, we'll come in and, you know, get some debate on this stuff and, uh, yeah, definitely not a Homer for sure. <laughs> so before I let you go, yeah. uh, tell the people where they can find you, whether it's your sure. Twitch account, your Twitter account, Facebook, you name I'm it. I'm trying to unify this. Um, but as of right now, my Twitch account is Austin underscore underscore space. My Twitter <laughs> is underscore Austin space underscore, um, that will be unified soon. So don't worry. Um, but you know, they give you X amount of days to change it, but those are my two things. That's Twitch Austin underscore underscore space, Twitter underscore Austin space underscore. Uh, I stream on Twitch on Sunday nights, 7 PM to 10 PM central. Uh, as we talked about here, Spaceball goes up every other Wednesday as we'll go throughout the entire season, uh, hosted, by Sideline Owns uh, Network uh, Lala here. And then upcoming, we will have a podcast. So please just stay on my Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter. And uh, I will, uh, you'll have, you'll hear some more from me soon. There's going to be more in Austin spaces. Uh, there'll be more Austin space transmissions coming in. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, buddy. I want to, uh, I want to thank you. I've, I've taken up over an hour of your time. Oh, so thank no, you very th- much for coming on, man. I appreciate thank you, it. man. I, I'm just happy to be here. And, uh, we can say it now. I'm looking forward to being on Rich on Law this week. This is a fun little uh, tour I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Austin's doing the uh, the Sideline Network tour. So yeah. So be sure um, once you're done with this podcast Monday, you will uh, you'll have to download the uh, latest episode of Rich on Lala as Austin will be on there as well. Uh, just mm-hmm. classing up the joint um, for uh, for the lack of uh, of class. No work I could possibly have. do. No work I could possibly do could class up Rich on Lala. You know, <laughs> as classy as I am. You know, you could bring in the queen of England and she'd be like, I I've tried. And (laughs) that's very true. That's very true. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on. I I really do appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you as always. Keep up the good work, dude. Thanks, buddy. All right. And that was my interview with Austin space. I want to thank Austin so much for giving me over an hour of his time and for being completely candid throughout that interview. There was no question that was off limits with him. I didn't prep him on any of the questions. Uh, Austin said, look, man, just ask away and and I'll do my best to answer them. And he did. And I know I'm biased, but I thought that was an, an incredible interview. For those of you who don't know, who didn't know who Austin Space was, now you do. 
you get a peek behind the curtain to understand how awesome this guy is. And Austin is. Austin is one of the most creative, passionate people I've ever had the privilege to not only call a friend, but to be able to work with. Austin puts 150% in everything he does. And you see that in his work ethic. You see it in the products that he produces. I highly recommend you guys, if you haven't already done it, go on YouTube, check out Bad Culture Crew. Just watch one episode and you'll see what I'm talking about. And then when you're done with that, go over on Sunday nights and make sure to check out Austin's Twitch page. I don't even care if you like The Sims. Just watch how Austin does it. The man's got charisma like nobody else. And his comfort level in front of a camera and behind a microphone is absolutely incredible. I said it during the interview and I'm saying it here again. There's very few people that I've ever known that just has a natural knack for this kind of stuff. Austin has it. That's why I've always said to me, he's the godfather of podcasting for me. Austin got me into podcasting and he's honestly, not only has he been a mentor for me, he's somebody that I've tried to emulate every step of the way. He's that talented. So please do yourselves a favor. Make sure you follow Austin on Twitter, check out his Twitch channel and be sure to download Spaceball. Because I can promise you, after each episode, you will learn something new about baseball that you didn't know before. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Low Valley Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, be sure to check out all the other great podcasts we have for you from the Soundline Network, including the brand new Spaceball, Richo's Rant, Drinks with Dan, and Richo and Lala. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.